Blog Talk Radio. BlogTalkRadio.com. Word of Life is based on John 10, 10, where Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We're your co-hosts here. I am Renetta, coming to you from Gladwin, and my co-host Ella is here, coming to you from Kalamazoo, Michigan. We would like for you to contact us by emailing your comments, prayer requests, or questions to WordAlive612 at gmail.com. And that's a capital W. You can also contact us by following us on Twitter at Word Alive Now. You can listen to us 24-7 here at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Word Alive. All of our archives are available on demand or by downloading our podcast Word Alive at uh, iTunes and on your Android phone by downloading the uh, Blog Talk Radio app and listening to Word Alive on your phone. We're so glad that each and every one of you were able to join us tonight. We invite you to call a friend and have them to tune in and listen to the message as well, listen to the broadcast as well. Um, Word Alive is on each Saturday night at 11 p.m. You can call in and participate live by dialing 646 Three seven eight zero five three eight, and if you are online listening, uh, scroll down to the bottom and join us in the chat room. God bless and enjoy. Well, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. This is Renetta, one of the co-hosts here at Word Alive, and today is October seventeenth, two thousand fifteen, and I am joined by our co-host Ella. Ella, how are you tonight? I am so blessed. I'm excited. <laughs> amen, amen. This has truly been a very exciting week for for us here in Gladwin as well. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation tonight. We've been talking about consecration. We talk, we've been talking about loving God, and we went from loving God to consecration. And last week we just, me and Ella just kind of had a little chat about uh, what is consecration? We talked a little bit about that, and that ended up being a really good uh, broadcast last week. So if you missed last week, go back and listen to it. As a matter of fact, you can go back and listen to probably the last five broadcasts to cover everything that we've been doing on loving God. And Ella's been talking about in loving God, we God first loves us, then we love him, then we love others then we come to the place of serving God and serving others. That's what love draws us to. That's a, that's what love uh, accomplishes through us. It causes us to love others 
first love God, then love others, and then want to serve others and want to serve God. You see, love is an action word. So love is not me saying, oh, Ella, I just love you. That that can be an expression of the love that I held for her. But love itself is something that causes us to act upon it. So we know that God loved us because God acted upon his love toward us. He showed us his love when he sent his only begotten son into the world on our behalf because we have made such a mess of things. God loved us so much that he wanted to fix it for us. And so he sent a remedy, which was his son, and that was his love shown toward us. And so now, you know, in our different relationships, we talk about loving each other. We, you know, uh, husband and wives, or boyfriend and girlfriends, we say we love one another. When we have children, we say we love our children. Our children grow up, they say they love us. But do we really love or is it just a habit of saying something that we believe is required of us to say? Because if you really love somebody, it shows up in other ways. And so we've been talking about, we went from love to talking about consecration. So God loved us so much. You know, we go back to into the Old Testament when God decided to start interacting with men at a greater level. He chose a group of people to set them apart for himself, and they were the children of Israel. And when he chose the, chose the, the uh, children of Israel, he separated them unto himself, and he said, these will be my people, and I will be their God. And so there was like a separation process there. And so now he kind of does the same thing when we believe. When we believe the gospel, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus died on the cross to pay the punishment for our sin, the penalty for our sin, the penalty for Adam's sin, Adam's disobedience to God. And then he rose again from the dead so that we might have eternal life, so that we can live forever. When he did that, he 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 causes us to a new commitment. Okay, when God separated Israel unto himself, they kind of had to come into agreement with that separation. Because he said, I will, you would be my people and I would be your God. They kind of had to come into agreement with him being their God. They had to receive him as their God. They had to acknowledge him as their God. They had to honor him as, as their God. They had to worship him as their God. They had to make a choice. And to prove that they had to make a choice, I don't have the scripture. And, uh, oh, we have a guest in the chat room. Well, thank you for joining us, God's Revenue. We're glad to have you tonight. We hope you enjoyed the broadcast. If you have anything to say, just type it in the chat room to chime in with us. Uh, the scripture that uh, we could go back to the Old Testament, to the scripture where uh, after they had been in the wilderness for a few days and uh, Moses had went up into the mountain to talk to God, to meet with God, the children of Israel got a little um, paranoid, I guess you'd say. <laughs> they got a little uh, impatient, saying that Moses had been up there too long and he brought them out there to die, and they began to melt all the gold that God had blessed them with. 
And they melt all the gold and made a big golden calf, and they began to worship the calf. And then when Moses came down out of the mountain, he told the people to choose. Whose side were they going to be on? Were they going to be on the Lord's side, or were they going to be on the side of the, the idol? And so at this point, they had to choose which God was they going to worship. So that was a, a to me, that was a form of consecration. Okay, I'm going to consecrate myself to the true God. Or they could have chose the other God. And when we get saved, we're making a commitment to the true God. However, as we begin to walk this journey and to follow on to know God, we have to, there's another scripture in the Bible that talks about counting up the cost, where we sit down and we evaluate what is the cost of the choices that I'm making, the decisions that I'm making, the commitment that I'm making. You know, before two, two people get married, they sit down and they count up the cost. Is this what I want? Is this is this a part of my goals? Is this going to get me where I want to go? Am I making the right choice? And then they decide whether to go forward in the relationship or, or whether not to. We do that with God over and over and over again, and I walk with him. We evaluate our life with him. We evaluate the cost of being a worshiper, the cost of being a follower of Christ, the benefits of worshiping God, choosing God, the benefits of loving God and being loved by God. And we can always make a choice to continue to walk with God, continue to live for God, continue to love God, continue to serve God, to continue to receive his blessings and benefits of love, or we can choose to walk away any day. Because when God created man, he created us with a will of our own. When you get saved, he does not take that will away. When you get saved, you still have your own will, and you have to choose to walk with God. Amen. So I looked up the word. I looked up the word consecration, and uh, I'm gonna read some of the definitions. And one of the a consecration. So I said, consecrate, holy or sanctified, to make or declare sacred, to devote to a purpose with or as with deep. Solemnity or dedication And that's exactly what we do We devote ourselves to God with a deep dedication A deep commitment to him But it's not only us that make a deep make a, a, That dedicate our heart, our life, our bodies to God But God has also made a commitment to us and he also helps us to uh, commit to him. He sanctifies us unto himself, which means he separates us unto himself. So he sets us apart to be his own as well. Amen. Don't have all of the scriptures tonight either. I would definitely get them and put them in the description. Uh, let's see. Okay, so I'm going to read a a scripture, Acts chapter 26, verse 18. It says, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance 
among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So we are set us so we are set aside by our faith in him, in Jesus. Because we have faith in Jesus, because we have faith in God, it sanctifies our faith sanctifies us, so it sets us apart. And so because we believe, when the gospel was shared with us and believe, we're transferred from darkness to light. So we're taken out of not knowing anything about God at all, and we're put in a place where the story of God begins to get unfolded to us, where uh, the um, who God is, what God is, what God is all about, God's desires towards us, God's blessings and benefits towards us, God's plan of salvation to us begins to be revealed to us. As we become believers and as we go on to follow after Christ, as we go on to believe him more and to, so it's like, so I get saved. When I first get saved, all I really know is that Jesus is the son of God and he died for me. Basically, that's usually all we know when we get saved. And that's what we're raised in the church and taught the word all of our lives. I was raised in the church, so I had been taught the word all my life. So I knew a little bit more than that when I got saved. But for somebody that's coming in off the street, that never heard anything about God or never heard anything about Jesus, and you go and you sit in the service and you hear that Jesus died for you. You hear that God loved you, that God loved you so much, he sent his son to die in your place. And he paid the penalty for sin, so you don't have to pay the penalty for sin. And all you have to do to be saved is believe that this is what happened. And so when you first get saved, all you know is that you believe Jesus is the son of God and he died for you. And then some people don't explain it that well. And some sometimes when you believe, you don't even know that much. All you know is that God loves you. He sent his son for you, and you can be saved if you just believe. But now you got to find out what does all of this mean. And so we become, so we go on to follow after Christ. So we go on to find out, well, what is this that they're talking about? Who is Jesus? Who is this son of God? Why would he do this for me? And so as we continue to go to church, and we can we continue to listen to the messages, because we're hearing the word of God preached Sunday after Sunday, he begins to lift, he begins to build up our faith. And so now our faith gets stronger and we begin to believe God more. And as we believe God more, more of God is exposed to us or more of the light is illuminated to us, and then that means that we're living in less darkness than we were living in, which means I know and I understand a little bit more about him because I'm believing the word that I'm hearing, and my faith is being built up. And as my faith has been built up and I'm receiving more of his love, I begin to actually fall in love with this God because as more of his truth is exposed to me or illuminated to me or taught to me, I began to get just a little glimpse of how great this God is mm. and how great his love toward me is and how much he actually did for me. And I began to love him more. And I began to want to know more about him. And I began to fall in love with him more. As a song we sing, the more I seek him, I actually I think it's the more I seek you, the more I find you. The more I find you, the more I love you. 
And that's the way it is. When we first get saved, when we fall in love with Jesus, we 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 want more of him. We want to know who it is. We want to find out about him. And the more we find out about him, the more we understand that this is so great. This is so so far beyond my comprehension. God is magnificent. He's awesome. He's He's so wide. Can I ever understand them all? No, we probably can't ever understand them all, but we can understand them more. And then we, we want to know more. We, we begin to open up our Bible, and we begin to read about them, and we become awed by the greatness of who he is. Yeah. We become awed by the greatness of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read Psalms 116.9. Let's see what that is. Somebody just shared that with me in the chat room. Somebody trying to help me out here. It'll just take me a second to look this up. And you know, like this week at in our service this week, we had such an an awesome service Tuesday night. We had the type of service where the Holy Spirit just, you know, just comes in and encompasses the services and you know when he comes in to that degree we just step back and let him have his way and he really ministered to us in such marvelous ways and our agenda you know gets pushed to the side and we allow God's agenda to come forth because that's that's what it's all about we want to meet with you and we want to hear what do you have to say what do you want to impart into us and he doesn't do it the same way every Sunday if you step out of his way and you allow him in and that's the type of service that we had um, uh, Tuesday night, a service where he just encompassed us. He just came down and saturated us in his presence. And then when he got our full attention, he just began to minister through this person and then that person and then that person. And then everything he said just all just kind of fitted together, and it was just marvelous. I'm going to read Psalms 116 and 9. It says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And so we get to this place where we realize that that's where we are. We are walking before the Lord. We're actually walking with him because he promised us that he would be with us always, even until the end. He walks with us. You know, some people, you know, murmur and complain when life gets a little rough around the edges, but we have to remind, that's why we need times of fellowship. That's why we need times of coming together. That's why we need to fail not the assembling of ourselves together so that we can encourage one another in words. We can encourage one another in psalms. We can encourage one another in testimony. And when that sister over there is a little discouraged, we can give them an encouraging word and remind them, he's with you. You're walking with him. You're walking before him. He sees and knows everything that's happening to you. And we always say, uh, oh, God, I can't take no more. you got to do something because I just can't take no more. And guess what? You always take more than you say you can take. Because God is the one who really knows what you can bear. We think we know, but you can always bear more than you think. Than you think. You can bear. And our our guest says he puts us in the land of the living to make it a better place. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Because when he comes and abides within you, 
when he comes and abides within us, everywhere we go, we carry him. So we've been chosen by God to change the atmosphere everywhere we go. Amen. And so when we enter into that place of consecration to him, where I'm oh, totally yes. committed to you, God, and I already know he made a total commitment to you before I even knew it, to me before I even knew it. So I already know he's committed to me. If there's any book that anybody who was saved should ever read, it's a scarlet thread. I can't remember who who wrote it off the top of my head, but I'll put it in the description as well. The Scarlet Thread. It's a it's a book that tells about the covenant relationship that God in, entered into with us, that God entered to with Abraham, and that God entered to with us because we are children of Abraham. It's a covenant relationship that does not end because God is not going to break it to us. And it's it, it's. It's a commitment that he's made to all who come to believe in him. Yeah. Remember, we honor Abraham today because of his faith and what God was going to do. So it's the faith and the promise that God had made. Oh, oh hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Okay, now I'm going to read Romans 15 and 16. It says, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. And so this scripture let us know that the sanctification, there's a sanctification process that takes place by the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost births us into the body of Christ. Glory to God. We are born again by the Spirit. When we're first born into, into the world, we're born of, of the flesh. So we're born of the flesh. But when we're born again, when we become believers, when we believe the gospel, as the scripture has said, we become born of the spirit of the living God. God is our father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And now we are members of the body of Christ. We are members of the kingdom of God, and we are sanctified. We are set, a, set aside by the Holy Ghost. So we shouldn't be chasing after the world. We shouldn't be running around trying to be as close to the world or as much like the world as we possibly can. We should joy in being separated. We should joy in being different. We should joy in in recognizing that we are taking on more of the image of God in the image of man, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Because that's what the whole process is all about, that we will look more like what we are created to be instead of more like what we became after the fall. First mm, 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 mm. Corinthians yeah. 6 and 11 lets us know, and such were some of you, but ye are washed but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. That's where the holiness comes from, Ella. Holiness. The scripture tells us to be holy for for he's holy. He said, be ye holy for I am holy. Well, how can we be holy? 
How can, a lot of people look at that and say, well, I got to make myself extra good. No, you don't have to make yourself extra good. You you can't make yourself extra good. Come on, man. You can't make yourself extra good. You know what? You can't make you holy. We are only holy because the God that we are now a part of and the God that now lives in us. We are only holy because of the blood of Jesus that we have been washed in and that now covers us and that now when God looks upon us, he sees the blood of his son instead of seeing our sin and our transgression because we've been forgiven because of the blood that was shed for us. And we are justified because of what Jesus did. And we are sanctified because of that same blood and because of the spirit that helped born us again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Think I'm going to have time for maybe one more scripture. Acts twenty six eighteen says, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan. Oh, I read that one earlier. That's the same scripture I already read. Okay. I printed each scripture twice, I see. Okay, so God's plan for you to become saved, to become set aside, set apart from the world, to be sanctified and holy unto himself. And so in God's plan, we become vessels of honor for his youth. And that's what Ella was talking about when she was talking about service. Service is just fitting for the use of God. You know, when God created Eve, he said that Eve was meat for his, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Meat for, oh, let me look it up. I can't remember the right words. Oh, there's a scripture that says that he's, we're meet for his service. Oh, let me find it. Let me look. I would make him and help meet for him. Genesis two eighteen, the end of it. I would make him and help meet for him. And then Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, Genesis two twenty. Um, but for Adam, there was not found and help meet for him. So God created a help meet for uh, Adam when he created Eve. She was a help meet for him. And that meant she was qualifiable. She was, she met all necessary specifications to be Adam's mate, to be Adam's partner in, in life. And so when God, when we when God sanctified us, we become qualifiable meat for to become God's vessel of honor for His use, for His display to the world of who He is, of His character and His attributes, and we become so intertwined with God through this loving process, through this coming to know Him, through this. Uh, a commitment to him And we fall so in love with him 
he's already so in love with him, and he's already proved that. But then we become so in love with him, and we become meat for to be a, a vessel of honor to show forth him to the world. And that's how we beget others. They look Amen. at our lives, and they try to figure out what, what, what why are you so you and why are you so different and why are you so joyous and you know uh, why are you so uh, they they may not be able to use the terms that we use they won't be able to say why are you so blessed they're not going to say why are you so joyous they might say you you just look like you always happy ain't nobody always happy life ain't that good for nobody what is your story and then you get the opportunity to share God to share Christ to share the plan of salvation, to share God's love, to impact somebody else with his love. Why? Because he already did it through you, through through your sanctification process. He has put you up on a hill. A light on a hill cannot be hid. We are the light of the world. Glory to God. And as that light begins to shine brightly through your sanctification process, through your consecration process, through your falling in love with Jesus process, you shine forth his glory to others. And they come knocking on your door, tugging at you. And, and they might start out saying, you know, my daughter is sick, and I don't know what to do, and I, I just feel like it's okay to ask you if you can pray for them. Do you know how to pray? They might not even know you. You may be standing in the bathroom. My daughter was standing in the bathroom in a, on a college campus, and a stranger walked in, boo-hoo crying, never seen my daughter before in her life, and turned to my daughter and said, can you please pray for me? It's the, it's, it's the, it's the God in us that shines forth to others. It's the consecration Amen. process that have set us aside, that set us apart so that we become honorable vessels, vessels of honor for God to showcase to the world, for God to shine brightly through us to draw others to him. Ella, you can have the final words, and then you can close us up. Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you for what we are about to become aware of and not only aware of, how we're going to become more like you, Lord. As you give us the ability and the knowledge and the understanding of this consecration, that we will be transformed by you through us to reach a dying world. God bless you tonight and have an awesome expectation of the Lord to work his wonders in your life. God bless you. We're looking forward to next week. Amen. See you next week, Saturday at 11 p.m. And and please invite a friend. God night, all. God night.